Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for joining us on Easy's Community Focus, where we talk about the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. Today, as was just pointed out to me, is Groundhog Day, but it's also the first weekend in February, which is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. And I'm really happy to welcome back the Education and Prevention Supervisor at Women in Distress, Emily Janice. Emily, so glad to talk to you again. Thank you so much for having me on again. You know, it's a weird thing when I mention Groundhog Day. There's an irony to that because we keep having this same conversation year after year about domestic violence and about teen dating violence. How do we stand right now? You're trying to get the word out. You're constantly doing outreach. Have there been changes in the state of teen dating violence? I think just anecdotally, definitely. When I, you know, we're building relationships with schools constantly when we go out, and we've seen so much support from teachers, from Broward County schools, from local partnership agencies that we're with. We're doing bigger events, and, you know, folks are really responding positively to the education that we've been doing. I always joke and say, you know, my job shouldn't exist. I really right. shouldn't have to be out there talking to folks about this issue because violence really shouldn't be an issue. But yeah, it does seem that the more we're out there talking about these things, the more we really are chipping away at these harmful social norms and replacing them with really healthy thoughts about relationships and ways to prevent violence. And that's really the way you do it, right? You're changing the language and changing the behavior at the same time. Exactly. And that does take time, you know, because you're changing people's ideas about relationships, ideas about jealousy and what's okay in a relationship. And those things, you know, we get so many different messages about relationships from social media, from TV, from books, from the news, from our own families and our own cultures. And so those things are really rooted strongly in us. And so it takes time to talk through those and talk through what's good about them and what can be changed. But we are seeing that people are open to having these conversations. And that's, you know, you kind of got to start somewhere. And it's really amazing work to see that change. Well, I love this year's theme, the national theme for Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month, Your Love is Unique with Consent. And that is such a key word, the issue of consent. And to this day, it still is an argument when you hear people go to court about rape or violence when someone will say, but they said yes, or they didn't say no. So how do you teach that to young people, the difference between not saying no and actually verbalizing no? So the easiest way, and I know a lot of people aren't super fond of math, but we always say, you know, we do the equations. It's yes plus yes equals consent, not yes plus no, not yes plus maybe, not yes plus nothing, right? You need those two positive yeses. And it's so important. And that yes has to be voluntary, right? So if someone says yes after feeling pressured, after feeling frustrated, after feeling scared, after feeling threatened, after feeling coerced in any way, that's not really a true yes because they're not saying yes voluntarily. They're not saying yes because they really want to participate. 
and this, you know, we talk a lot about consent when we talk about sexual assault, but we can apply it really to any boundary in a relationship. You know, you have to, both partners have to be comfortable and be okay with where the relationship is and different pieces of it for it to be okay. If you have one partner who's pressuring the other to, you know, for example, stop hanging out with friends, that's crossing that other person's boundary and that's going to lead to possessive jealousy and problems in the relationship and even violence. But especially when we talk about sexual assault, you know, we have to think about consent as that positive. Yes. So yes plus yes, not, you know, yes plus anything else. When you mention people getting jealous, that's one of the warning signs of a potentially abusive relationship. What are some of the other signs that people need to be aware of? Sure. So constantly checking up on someone, tracking their location isolation, especially from outside the relationship as a friend or family member. If you suddenly stop seeing this person um, or, you know, they're talking to you less, your relationship with them has changed. Um, It can even just be physical signs, you know, um, physical bruises or they're, you know, we know in South Florida, most of the time it's really hot out and, you know, if someone's constantly wearing uh, long clothes and things like that, you know, maybe trying to hide some injuries. Um, and also just absenteeism, you know, not being at school, uh, not being at work, not showing up, not being able to hang out without their partner there. Um, that possessive jealousy, like you said, that's such a big red flag and it goes through so many of the other ones. Um, but those are some of the most common indicators. Okay. And one of the things that's mentioned on your website, womenindistress.org, is checking cell phones without permission. And that's really become a big thing where it's almost a way to define your relationship, that if it's okay for you to look through my cell phone, then we're okay. And it seems like, again, that has to be a yes plus yes. Exactly. And, you know, people have different opinions. And we always love to do this when we're with high school students or middle school students. We ask them, you know, would you feel comfortable with your partner looking through your phone? And some people are adamantly, you know, absolutely not. That's my phone. That's my privacy. And other people say, you know, it's not a big deal for me. And really, that's the point. There's no one answer. It's whatever this person feels comfortable with, right? And if you start pressuring your partner to say, you know, I need to look through your phone. Everybody does this. If you really trusted me, right? If you have to sit and convince them, you're not listening to where their boundary is. You're just trying to get it to where you want it to be. Um, And this is increasingly common of, you know, why not? What are you trying to hide that I can't look through your phone? Rather than just accepting that's someone's boundary. It's their private life, and they're allowed to have that separation. The whole, was, their whole life doesn't have to be about the relationship. If it was so easy to get people to agree on things, it would be great. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And, you know, we talk about that, too, because I always like to say, you know, we talk a lot about in our education, you know, what's a healthy relationship? And I always make sure to point out a healthy relationship is not roses and rainbows all the time. You're going to disagree. You're two separate people coming together in a relationship, and you have different opinions about small things like flavors of ice cream all the way to the big stuff. And you're going to disagree. That's normal. But what's important is that you know how to disagree respectfully. You know how to respect each other's boundaries. And you know how to communicate about these things. Part of what you do with your outreach and education is you go to different schools in the community. You have, what, eight schools lined up just during February. How do you choose or how do the schools invite you in to do a presentation and tell us what you're going to educate the young people about? Sure. So um, what we typically do, especially around Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month, is we'll start contacting schools that we've worked with before. And often they contact us uh, wanting us back already, but we try to check in with them and, you know, say, hey, we're available to come back. But any teacher, especially peer counseling teachers, health teachers, um, you know, they can send me an email or go onto our website and contact us, um, and we'd be happy to come out to their school. 
and we, we kind of go through, uh, so most of the time we try to do multi-session programs because we know those are more effective when we're able to have conversations with the kids more than one time. And we come in and we'll just, you know, like I said, we'll ask them, we'll talk about healthy relationships, we will go through the dynamics of teen dating violence, what it's actually about and what it could look like, the different types of abuse, like physical, verbal, emotional, uh, digital, financial and then we go through how to help a friend and tools for social change. So that way the information doesn't just stay in that classroom, it expands to the rest of the school and hopefully really starts to create that social change we want to see in our communities. And at what point does someone turn to an adult, a trusted adult for assistance, whether it's a person who feels like they're on the receiving end of an abusive relationship or a friend? I say anytime you know you have that gut feeling, whether, like you said, you're in the relationship or outside of it, um, and that's why we do increase training to parents and teachers and professionals in the community who work with youth to make sure they're prepared to get those questions. Um, But, you know, it's always a good thing if you feel comfortable to go to a trusted adult. And you don't have to give the whole story. You don't have to take action. But sometimes it can just be helpful to let somebody know, especially if you feel like someone's in danger or, you know, someone just really needs the help. And we try to identify when we're speaking with students, you know, we'll ask them, hey, who is the trusted adult in your school that you can go to? And we ask them to write it down, keep it in their agenda, keep it somewhere safe. So that way, if this does ever happen, they at least have that resource uh, right there accessible. They've already thought about who they can go to, and then they can take that action if they feel like it's necessary. Is there any kind of guidance for someone to turn to parents? Because that's a whole minefield in itself, different from turning to an adult who's not part of the family. Right. And that can be really tricky because a lot of parents don't believe that teen dating violence is a thing or they might not want, you know, their child dating at all. Um, And maybe the child is anyway, and now it's an abusive relationship and they might fear getting told by the parent, you know, I told you so, or why didn't you come to me about this earlier? And um, things that aren't necessarily supportive responses, right? Um, And we know parents can often get really protective of their kids, and that's rightly so, but sometimes the best decision is to listen to the child first, determine what's safest for them with the child, and then move forward and not just, you know, make a decision for them. Um, So it can be tricky, but that's why we encourage parents to have even just conversations about healthy relationships with their children, whether or not they want them dating at whatever age the child is at, you know, They're going to be seeing examples of relationships in their school, on social media, again, from all these different influences. So it's more important to give them the tools for a healthy relationship to help prevent uh, future violence. But, you know, we encourage teens, if if they are in a violent situation and they do need to seek help and they want to tell their parents to take that option, um, kind of go through the risks of that option, but, you know, make sure that they know that that's an avenue for them if they feel comfortable doing that. One of the things that you're encouraging schools to do as part of awareness campaigns during February is to make morning announcements include information about healthy relationships in the regular morning announcements. What are some simple tidbits that could be included in the announcements? Sure. So sometimes the most informative things to share are statistics. So we encourage schools to share different examples of statistics. So for example, one in three teens between the ages of 12 and 18 will go through some form of teen dating violence. LGBTQ teens are going to go through some form of LGBTQ teen dating violence. 
you think about one in three is really huge. Um, we ask folks, you know, to maybe say, you know, respect is part of a healthy relationship and this is what respect means and kind of highlight different aspects of a healthy relationship as well. And, you know, kind of we, we encourage schools if they are going to take the morning announcement route to create awareness opportunity um, to kind of keep it as a series going through the month and maybe, you know, once a week or every other day or even every day have a little tidbit about it, a little kernel of information that can kind of spark a student's interest and give them that information and get them thinking about this issue. And where is the best place to get, let's say they're going to do for the whole month and it's 29 days this year. Right. <laughs> um, so where would they get that information? Can you provide that to them at Women in Distress? Yes, we can provide that to them at Women in Distress. So you can call our hotline or you can email us or go to our website, womenindistress.org. Some other really great resources as well, especially if you want more national statistics, um, you could go to Break the Cycle, which is a great organization that does a lot for Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month, and also loveisrespect.org. They're um, a great resource and also has a lot of teacher activities and different ways to get youth engaged. One of the big events that's part of Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month is your giving breakfast this year called Love Shouldn't Hurt. And that's going to be on February 13th. Yes, this is a great opportunity for folks to get engaged with the work that we're doing, particularly the education and prevention work that we do in the community, and to kind of learn a little bit more about women in distress and how to support us. That information is on the website at womenindistress.org, and you'll find a place to click if you're interested in being a sponsor, you want to make a donation. And again, the hotline number is so critical, 954-761-1133. And I want to be sure that we're clear, that is available to anyone of any age. Correct. Anyone, any age, um, either just to talk or to receive services. It's a great hotline resource. And I even say, and we make sure to tell this to folks, that friends or concerned family members can also call. It doesn't have to be the victim themselves. If you just want more information or you want to kind of talk through a situation and, and what you can do, what next steps, and even a little more about us, please call the hotline. It's open 24-7, and we have advocates that are bilingual, um, and it's a very accessible hotline. And again, for the security of someone who feels that they are in an abusive relationship, who is under 18 and not yet legal, are teachers or adults required to report to any authority if there is... Um, Right. They are not required. So all adults in the state of Florida are what's called mandated reporters, and that includes abuse of a child or abuse of a vulnerable adult. And so even though teen dating violence can put a child at harm, they don't necessarily have to report that, but we encourage them to talk about options, talk about resources, and help facilitate the teen possibly calling a hotline or getting other resources. Okay, so a teen can feel comfortable that if they call your hotline or they talk to a trusted adult in school, that that will remain private if they need it to remain private, and you have the option of speaking to them about taking it further if it's necessary. Correct. And I always make sure, you know, to let teens know, again, do the homework before you need it about what your school policies are, because different uh, schools and districts have different policies around, you know, what their teachers are responsible for. But yes, generally, um, a teen can go to a trusted adult or a teacher in the community and our hotline and know that their information is confidential and that we're here to listen to them. And what are some ways, because we know peer-to-peer relationships are probably the most powerful What are some ways that you can engage other teenagers to work on spreading the message and the awareness and helping prevent teens being involved in violent relationships? 
Absolutely. The biggest thing is to give them, I kind of see our role at Women in Distress as providing that kind of baseline information and then giving them the inspiration and the tools to spread that around. I always say it's always so much more convincing when a peer, like you said, says, hey, that's not cool, rather than me with my little lanyard coming into your school saying <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> so I always think, you know, that's, that's really what the goal is. And so even as part of our program, we talk about different school awareness campaigns. Um, we talk about social media and how so many organizations out there are doing so many great social media campaigns that can be shared because we know that that's such a huge way that teens communicate and learn and really all of us communicate and learn but really it starts with just having those conversations you know you get the information you talk about red flags and then you start talking to your friends about them you start making your friends aware of what's healthy um, you start going to your friends when you see some indicators and say hey you know are you okay in your relationship I've learned about these things and I'm kind of seeing a pattern do you want to talk about it the more we stop treating this as a hidden issue, the safer our communities are going to be. Okay. Now, you at Women in Distress have created a special Instagram page just about this subject. What is that tag? That's at WID underscore teen. So that's W-I-D underscore T-E-E-N. Please follow us. We're going to be sharing informative statistics on some pictures, some different activities and different awareness pieces that you can take and share and create social change in your community. And of course, you can go to womenindistress.org and find a whole page of information with the warning signs to look for. You can print it out, make copies and share it around your school, share it with parents so that they know what to look for as well. And the most important thing, as you say, is the awareness so people know what they're seeing when they see it. Well, I thank you so much. You know, like you say, you're seeing the changes and it takes time. But with everything, the more we keep plugging at it, the more difference we'll be able to make and the safer our young people will be and the healthier their relationships will be. So thank you again for what you're doing. Emily Janice, Education and Prevention Supervisor at Women in Distress. The phone number again, 954-761-1133. Thank you so much. And if there's anything more we can do to help, just let me know. Thank you so much, Ellen. It's always a pleasure. Joining us now on Easy's Community Focus, two special guests from the Girl Scouts of Southeast Florida. We have this year's Cookie Product Manager for the Atika Service Unit, Patty Kopelman. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Ellen. And along with Patty, a member of the Girl Scouts of Southeast Florida's Media Girls team and the number one cookie seller for the past six years in a row, Amanda Kopelman. Hi, Ellen. One of the really big events that comes along with cookie sales is Give a Box, Get a Box, Cookies for the Military. We know that you do cookies for the military where you send cookies out to our troops overseas all year long, but there's one special day, Gab Gab, Give a Box, Get a Box, coming up on February 7th this year. Tell us about that. So Duffy's likes to host our Gab Gab every year and allows us to sell cookies at all of the Duffy's in Broward and Palm Beach counties. On that Friday night, we go out there, we have the girls set up a cookie booth, and for every box that's donated to the military, the customer gets a box of cookies for themselves. So it's a great way to support the men and women that serve our country and send some love, Girl Scout love to them. And it's a great opportunity for the girls to connect with the community. And sometimes our soldiers come out there and we get to meet with them 
and the girls get to talk with the soldiers and hear the stories of how they've received cookies overseas, and it's just an all-around great night. I have heard them say many a time that when they get a box from the United States and they open it up and they see Girl Scout cookies, it is their favorite thing to receive other than letters from home and coffee from Starbucks. Girl Scout cookies are just about their number one thing and it makes them feel like their home because Girl Scouts absolutely represents America. Agreed. I've heard that said many times. And Amanda, you have been out at Give a Box, Get a Box at Duffy's when veterans have been on site with us. What is it like for you to meet people who've been overseas fighting for us? I think it's a very different experience than just somebody telling you that they've received Girl Scout cookies when they're fighting in the military. I think it's more of a personal connection when you have someone who has truly received boxes there at your cookie booth and helping your customers stay informed and know exactly how the cookies are sent to them as well. I think that, especially at other cookie booths throughout the season, when I tell customers that soldiers receive these boxes, sometimes it's more valuable to them when they are there with a live soldier hearing the stories of them getting the cookies. We're going to be with you again this year at the Duffy's in Plantation. Our sister station, Hits 97.3, will be with Girl Scouts at the Duffy's in Fort Lauderdale. And we, of course, always want to support what you're doing, not only with the cookie sales, but with the cookies for the military and all of the other service projects that you do. You know, there's one thing I wanted to say, which was, I really want to tell people that if they're walking into a store and they see a Girl Scout, if they don't feel like buying a box of cookies, stick a dollar in their bin for the cookies for the military, because it's really hard for some of these kids to ask. Would you like to buy some cookies? When people just walk by them and keep going, it's, you know, it kind of discredits everything we're trying to teach them. And what would you say to someone who is not a Girl Scout yet, but suddenly says, wow, this sounds very interesting. I'd like to be involved. What would be their first steps toward joining a Girl Scout troop? So at the beginning of every year, Girl Scouts goes out and hosts Girl Scout roundups. And we send flyers and host open houses in all of the elementary and middle schools, sometimes in the high schools, throughout all of the counties. And we host community opportunities for girls to learn about Girl Scouts. We're very, very visible at the beginning of a school year where everyone's trying to figure out their activities and what to sign their kids up for. We host roundups at the malls. We host them at the libraries. We host them at parks. And we find a lot of girls that are very interested in Girl Scouts. Girl Scouts brings girls in and recruits throughout the year. It's an ongoing opportunity. If a girl finds a group of friends and says, oh, look, they're all Girl Scouts. I want to be a Girl Scout. We have troops that are open and available to taking girls throughout the year. And each Girl Scout council has representatives that work for Girl Scouts that are always willing to bring girls in and help them find troops in their local areas to participate. And now you yourself are responsible for bringing Girl Scouts of Southeast Florida into the Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County and helping set up four new troops there. How did that come about? and girls clubs in other community-focused events and community service projects, I recognized there were a lot of girls out there that were looking for some fun opportunities and things to do, especially around cookie season, 
and especially when they met other Girl Scouts that were helping with their community service projects. And in talking with the leaders of the Boys and Girls Club, with Kareem and his staff, we identified an opportunity to be able to set a Girl Scout troop up in the Lester White Boys and Girls Club, and we went out there. We actually have about 15 girls that have immediately signed up. We have four troop leaders, and we are continuing to take that project of turning the girls at the Boys and Girls Club into Girl Scouts throughout the different clubs. And by next year, we're hoping to have a Girl Scout troop in every club. It's outstanding. That's here in Broward County. That's yeah. wonderful. And now at just $40 per year for a girl to participate in Girl Scouts, obviously it's a tremendous bargain, but there are always some for whom it's difficult to come up with the extra money. Girl Scouts has a program where they can support and sponsor girls to be in the Girl Scouts. Can you tell me about that? So actually we host a luncheon every year. It's a Girls Lead the Way luncheon where we fundraise and put aside money to help the girls that really want to participate in Girl Scouts and go through a financial aid process. We do not ever want to hear that a girl is not a Girl Scout because they can't afford it. And there's a simple online form that gets filled out. It goes into Girl Scouts. They process the information and approve the girls to join based on their needs. And that covers them for the year for being in a troop and their uniform and book uh, for the first year. And then we ask them to work in the cookie plan with their budgeting and financial literacy and save money up to cover their costs for next year and then do all the fun things that they can as a Girl Scout. For anyone who does not want to wait until September for the Lead the Way luncheon, if they'd like to make a gift now, on the website at gssef.org, which is for Girl Scouts of Southeast Florida, right at the top menu, there is a place to click Donate, and you can make a donation now of any amount, even if it's $10. Four people donating $10 means a girl can be a Girl Scout for an entire year. And of course, on that same menu bar, you will find Cookies Plus, and if you scroll down the page, you're going to find the GSSEF 2020 Girl Scout Cookies cookie sale program. You just put your zip code in and it will tell you where to find the cookies closest to you so that you can support all these wonderful projects that the Girl Scouts do and the service that they give back to our community. So again, cookie sales running through February 16th and of course, mark February 7th for Give a Box, Get a Box and join us at Duffy's in Plantation on University Drive, just north of 595. Patty Kopelman, Amanda Kopelman, thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for joining us this morning for Easy's Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. If you have questions or would like to suggest a topic, you can email me at ellen at easy93.com. Join us again next Sunday at 6.50 for a new segment of Easy's Community Focus. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.